Okay, we are going to be reading from, um, well, our, our main passage is going to be in Luke chapter 22, reading from verse 66. Again, chronological life of Jesus. We are in the last day of his life, Friday, and they eat the Passover feast in the evening. So their evening of Friday is actually our Thursday evening. And you say, how does that make any sense? Because they start their night, they start their days at 6 p.m. We start our days at 12 a.m. And you say, well, why do they do that? The question is, why do we do what we do? I mean, that midnight should be the start of the day. Anyway, so they start their day at 6 p.m. So our 6 p.m. Thursday, after the sun goes down, they eat their Passover meal. So the Passover meal as a family is eaten on our Thursday night. That's their beginning of Friday. That is their Friday evening, evening coming before morning because they start their day at 6 p.m. And so uh, they, they had their Passover meal. Jesus went to the garden and, and he was arrested. He already went through two of three religious trials. The first trial, you recall, was before Ennis, the high priest who had been deposed, but his son-in-law Caiaphas was the high priest. Then he appeared before Annas, had a second trial. And so they violated 22 of their own regulations in those trials. Their own regulations were, for example, they, they had trials in the evening, which they weren't allowed to have. They had trials uh, uh, in, one was in the home of uh, Annas, the other was in the home of Caiaphas. The places they weren't supposed to have trials, trials were only to be held in the temple area in a specific room so people knew where to go. They, they weren't supposed to have any trials early in the morning, before the morning sacrifice. They weren't to have any trials before it was night. So now, to have some semblance of legality here, they have a third trial. They've already condemned him. But now they're having it in the right place, and they're having it in the morning. And so now, early in the morning, they're having this trial, because they can't have the trial technically until after the morning sacrifice. So the morning sacrifice has been done, and now they're going to have their trial of Jesus. This is the third religious trial that he's going through. Remember, he had been spat upon, he had been punched, he had been hit, he had been mocked. So Jesus is all bruised up at this point. And so now we are in Luke chapter 22, verse 66. When it was day, and let me just stop and say, in Mark 15 it says, early in the morning. In Matthew 27 it says, now when morning came. So this is happening in the morning. Somewhere around 9 a.m. Or, 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 or somewhere thereabouts, it says, When it was day, the council of the elders of the people assembled, both chief priests and scribes, and they led him away to their council chamber. If you are the Christ, tell us. But he said to them, If, you, if I tell you, you will not believe. And if I ask a question, you will not answer. From now on, the Son of Man will be seated at the right hand of the power of God. And they all said, Are you the Son of God then? And he said to them, Yes, I am. Then they said, What further need do we have of testimony? For we have heard it ourselves from him, from his own mouth. So this is the third trial. They've already condemned him, but they want to make it look like it's, it, it, it's a legal trial. This is probably actually before 9 a.m. because the morning sacrifice came very early. And now, now they, that they are, they're here, they look at him and they say, if you are the Christ, tell us. 
to them, the Christ is the Messiah. If you are the Messiah, tell us. And Jesus said, if I tell you, you're not going to believe me. They've already been through this. Jesus already told them. He knows that this is just a charade. This third trial is just a charade. And he says, if I tell you, you're not going to believe. And if I ask you a question, you're not going to answer. But then he says, but from now on, the Son of Man will be seated at the right hand of the power from on high. And he again quotes, as he quoted in the previous trial, Psalm 110, verse 1, and Daniel chapter 7, verse 13. He's again quoting from the Messianic Psalms. And they know exactly what this means. To us, those Psalms don't mean much. Those Psalms meant a lot to them. These were the Messianic Psalms. And he says, and they all said, are you the Son of God then? And he said to them, yes, I am. So when they say, are you the Son of God, in their mind, they know that the Son of God is God himself coming as the Messiah, God himself. We view it, well, no, they said the Son of God. To them, they are going to call him on blasphemy on this, these very words. They're going to call him on blasphemy because to them, this very well meant that this was, this was God coming in the flesh. They say, are you the Son of God then? And he said to them, yes, I am. He actually says, you say that I am. This is an emphatic way of saying, yes, absolutely yes. It's like if you said to me, are we going to have lunch today? I said, you said it. You know, that, that means like you think, wow, we're going to... I mean, Shireen must have really cooked a lot. I mean, when, there are emphatic ways that we have, even in English, that, that when we say, you said it, that means really emphatic. And that's what he's saying. So it's actually, you say that I am. And then they said, what further need do we have of testimony? For we have heard it ourselves from his own mouth. So they've already condemned him in, 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 the, in the previous religious trial. And now that they, they are trying to formalize this in what looks like a legal trial. And so he, they said, we've heard it ourselves. But even here, they're going against their own regulations. They're going against their own regulations here. They have to bring forth testimony. The judges themselves are not the ones allowed to question. This is the same thing in our courts. It's not the judges that are questioning. And here, this is, and so even when they're trying to go according to their own rules and regulations, they're not doing what's right. Now, all of those were, were, were human-made rules, but that's what they brought Jesus up on in the first place. Jesus never violated any of the 613 commandments of the law of Moses. What he violated was every one of the Mishnaic laws because he had disdain for it. He would go out of his way to violate them because he said the words of men have made the word of God of no effect. And any time we start picking up man-made traditions, human-made traditions, and making that equivalent to the word of God, we've got the same problem. You can pick up anything you want to do, and that's perfectly fine. But when you put it upon another, that's legalism. So, in other words, I prefer to eat gluten-free. But you'll never hear me preach, everybody should eat gluten-free. No, you do whatever you want. You can eat whatever you want. But people can make choices for themselves. It's when you put it upon another that it becomes legalism. So I'll never put upon you something that's not written in the New Testament. We're not under the law of Moses. We've been freed from that. But what you see is this hypocrisy 
that they're judging him based on their own law and they themselves are violating it repeatedly. So turn to Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7. Jesus had addressed this in the Sermon on the Mount. He had addressed this. He says, do not, Matthew chapter 7 verse 1, do not judge so that you will not be judged. For in the way you judge, you will be judged. And by your standard of measure, it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that's in your own? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, and behold, the log is in your own? You hypocrite. First take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. So look at this picture. Jesus paints this picture. This is not my picture. This is Jesus' picture. You've got one guy with a log coming out of his eye. And he's going up to somebody and saying, hey, you've got a speck in your eye. Let me, let me get that thing out for you. You know, and he's got a log protruding out of his own eye and he's trying to get a speck out of his brother's eye. That's Jesus' picture. When we see faults in people, we generally see those faults because we ourselves have the same fault. And that's why we're so quick to recognize it in another. So we always have to be careful if we're going to correct somebody that maybe the log is in our own eye. That, that, that's not to say that we are totally without sin because nobody's without sin, so then there's no correction. That's not what he's talking about. He's saying that be careful because you may well have the same problem. Who are the people in life that irritate you the most? Just think of them for a moment. I'm not asking you to shout out their name. <laughs> but, but who are the people that irritate you the most? Do you think that maybe they have some of the same qualities that you yourself have? That happens sometimes, you know. Turn to Matthew chapter 23. Now, Matthew chapter 23, he's not... He's in, in, and we're going to turn to Matthew 23, verse 23. Now, what he's dealing with here is not the Mishnaic law. What he's dealing with here is the law of Moses, the very law that they were supposed to obey. And what he says to them, he says, Woe to you, Matthew 23, verse 23. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. Okay, so he's establishing something. He says, I'm dealing with you on an area in which you are hypocrites, meaning that you do something, you say something, and you yourself violate what, you, what you're saying. He says, For you tithe mint, dill, and cumin, and have neglected the weightier provisions of the law, justice and mercy and faithfulness. But these are the things you should have done without neglecting the others. You blind guides who strain out a gnat to swallow a camel. Look at Jesus' analogy. There's a gnat. A gnat is one of these tiny little flies that flies around and sometimes gets in your eye and stuff. Tiny little thing. He says you strain out a gnat. That means you just squeeze it. Can you get anything, any thing to drip out of that thing? You, you strain out a gnat, but you, you swallow a camel. He says you're taking very minor things and you're making them major things. He says you will tithe on mint, dill, and cumin because the Pharisees said they would tithe on everything. Nothing wrong with that. They were supposed to tithe. He says you tithe mint, dill, and cumin 
and you've neglected the weightier portions. There's more important things to think about in the law. The, the weightier provisions of the law. Justice, mercy, and faithfulness. These are weightier. Why do you put so much on tithing from a few spices, right down to your last spices, and what about justice and mercy and faithfulness? Then he says, but these are the things you should have done without neglecting the others. In other words, yes, you should still tithe. You can't say, well, I don't tithe because I'm into justice, mercy, and faithfulness. <laughs> no, you can't do it. He says, you, you should be doing the justice, faithfulness, and mercy without forgetting the others. But the weightier things, the more important things upon which you should focus are here. Justice. Faithfulness, mercy. Think about those things. These are the things that you should... He says, uh, justice and mercy and faithfulness. Justice. What is just? What is the just thing? What is the merciful thing? He's talking about mercy. What is the merciful thing? And then he says, and what is the faithful thing? Will you be faithful? Will you be faithful? 